Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back alone. Uh, have to record a day earlier, so maybe that's possibly why. But um, doing a live episode for once here on the Podbean app. Um, for all you guys that saw the, the link on Twitter, which was ST Sports Podcast. Hopefully, you get some interaction with you guys. And for people that are listening to the episode Thursday morning, hopefully, this could be a weekly thing. So, all you got to do is download the Podbean app and you could actually interact with me as I record instead of waiting till Thursday morning. But just like the, the Twitter ST Sports Podcast, head over to Facebook as well and like our page there as well as our YouTube channel um, because you know we, we are trying to have some more of these live type shows and when I have King on or shoulders you know maybe you could see us over there as well so lots to talk about today um, mostly all based around athletes wanting more money between Major League Baseball and Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings holding out now, as well as some of the big UFC superstars uh, are going to battle with Dana White. So we're going to touch on all that um, and give my opinions about each each one, like I always do, whether it's right or wrong. But kicking it off, like I said, I saw earlier this week Dalvin Cook came out and, and is holding out from any team activities which the facilities have been starting to reopen um, having in the memos of what guidelines they gotta do and, and things of that nature now the, the rumor is that Dalvin Cook wants more like a Christian McCaffrey style contract um right now dalvin cook is i believe still on his his rookie contract and he's has one year left that he's gonna make 1.3 million left uh on his contract um he wants more than david johnson which he's making 13 million and also he just got traded to the Houston Texans. Now here, here's my 
issue with Dalvin Cook, actually. Is he worth $16 million? Is, is he worth Christian McCaffrey-style money? I don't believe so. And the one major reason why is he's injury pro. He has yet to have a full season. I think the the most games he's played so far was 14 games in a, in a season. He already has knee issues. He tore his ACL, uh, I believe, his, his rookie year, 2017, I believe it was. Now, on the flip side of that, he is a very good player. Last year, rushed for 1,300 yards on 14 games. Now, from what I remember, though, of last year, he, he got out there um, to a good start. He got out to a good start last year and seemed to kind of fade away at the end there. If I was him or the Vikings, because the, the rumor also is that the Vikings offered him $10 million, was their first offer, I would... Try to come to an agreement for a two or three year deal <clears throat> and, and basically say do a, a prove it deal. Um, mostly because he's injury prone. You don't want to fork out $16 million or more to a guy that's going to be three quarters of a part time player. Now, if he could show in that two or three year contract that he, you know, he's over these health scares and everything like that. I still don't think he's worth the 16 million, but I think he's definitely worth more than David Johnson. So I, I would definitely do the 13, 14 million a year. And that would also give him a chance to have a, another payday. He's 25 years old right now. You go with a two-year contract, prove it deal, then that leaves you with, you know, you can sign up a four or five-year contract, takes you to 31, 32, and pretty much finish out your career. Now, I'm, you know, curious to see how this is all going to work out. I mean, it is definitely a weird time right now um, with the, the pandemic and everything like that. So a lot of these athletes are asking for more money when some of these teams, some of these leagues can't afford it right now because they have no fans. Now, the NFL is planning on having fans in the stadium but that could all change within the next month or two they could be in the same boat as major league baseball and have no fans in the stadium and be losing millions and billions of dollars so that's what i would do if i was the vikings and even if i was dalvin cook himself Try to work out a two, three-year deal. Obviously, he he's definitely worth more than a million dollars. So even six, seven million dollars a year. And then 
prove that you can stay healthy, prove that you can stay productive, keep your nose clean, and get that pig that big pay, uh, payday. Now I alluded to a little bit that about Major League Baseball with the athletes wanting to keep their their pay that they agreed on with the owners back in March. So the owners have sent over a new proposal. The last one was players sent over a uh, 114-game proposal. That got shot down. The owners, I believe, sent over like a 50-game or some, something ridiculous, something that's not even worth playing a season for. Got shot down. So now the owners sent over a proposal for a 76-game season and would give the players 75% of their pay. Now, this whole time, the players have been standing strong that they want 100% of their pay that they agreed with back in March with the owners. Now, with this proposal being sent over to the players, um, the season would end September 27th and have its postseason go no later than the end of October. The interesting part of this whole thing, and this is where I think it's kind of shitty for the players, is that if the sides can't come to a deal, the league has the ability to implement a schedule of its desire, which recently they've been talking about a 48-game season. That is just stupid. I mean, you can't... In 48 games, I don't believe you could really tell who was the best of that season. Even 50 games that they were talking about. I don't think you could tell. I think the players are right by sticking by their guns and saying, listen, you guys agreed to a deal back in March to pay us 100% of our pay. It's not our fault that shit got real, real quick. And you guys are going to lose out on this money. The owners are banking on the revenue they get from the postseason. Owners are also talking about how they're going to be losing billions of dollars, this and that. And I've been saying for the past few episodes, it's not the player's fault that you guys didn't save up money or have a little bit of cash off to the side to case something catastrophic happens. I mean, things happen every year. But it's it's nothing new. And for you to try to take some money away from the players to help soften the blow of the loss that you're going to take isn't right. You you made the agreement back in March to pay them 100% in a contract. You can't back out of it once you sign. Now, I do like how they up their their games to 76 games. I think that may help the players come a little closer to an agreement. But 
you know, here we are. Almost second week of, well, basically, yeah, basically into the second week of June. They want to start training camp first week of July, and they have no deal in place. You already have the NBA coming back, even though I think playoff seeding is stupid. NHL will be starting up uh, first week of July. Football is coming back. And baseball owners and players can't agree to it. I mean, everything is starting to slow down with, with the COVID and everything like that. And I know it's not gone, and I'm not trying to make light of it. But the scares shouldn't be as much. And... Uh, like King said a couple weeks ago about the, the Vegas uh, coach was asked what kind of conversation would you have with a player that may be worried about COVID? And the coach said, don't come. Well, it's simple. Also, with these, these Major League Baseball players, and not to sound like I'm bouncing between the owners and, and the players' sides, I, I'm 100% behind the uh, players just because of the contract that they both signed. But if <clears throat> the players don't feel safe, well, don't show up. You just saw uh, earlier this week or late last week that over a thousand minor league players are going to lose their jobs because of this, because they had no season this year. I'd be willing to bet. They'd be okay to come up, come up and, and play a season, even at their salary of AAA, just so they're not losing money. You know, I know the players are dead set on this hundred percent pay, but if they don't want to lose money, maybe budge a little bit, maybe give them. 10% off. Maybe say, hey, okay, fine. You give us an 80-game schedule, 90%. You're still getting most of your money back. Owners will still be losing money. But I just want to see that the players get paid. You know, obviously, if there's no, no baseball season, they're not getting paid. And it'll be kind of shitty that they don't get paid because the owners want to renege on their, their contract deal. So, moving on to some UFC talk, because there's a lot, a lot of UFC drama going on. Um, first off, let's start with UFC 250 first. Hell of a card. Um, you saw two dead bodies between... Weidman getting knocked out by O'Malley and Asuno just getting his head knocked up into the rafters by Cody No Love. And it was just, it was a funny way of how that one happened. But Sugar Shane's, I thought, was, was technically a lot better. And thankfully, both of the guys got fight uh, performance of the Knights because they were both really good knockouts. It wasn't like they were standing there and banging with each other. They 
Sugar Shane set it up really nice. Cody just, you know, like Sugar Shane said, basically threw a, a barroom brawl punch and connected. And I think he knew it was towards the end of the round, like the last 10 seconds. So even if he misses, the other guy can't punch because round's over. Um, Amanda Nunez just steamrolled through her opponent. Which I'm kind of blanking on her name now. Was Spencer? But it, it was just a, a just dominating performance. But I got to give the girl credit. Felicia Spencer, yeah. I mean, tough as nails. She took so many hard punches. You could see she was not. She she shouldn't even been in there with Amanda Nunez. I know. Uh, going into the fourth round, Daniel Cromier said was was brought up the question. You know, should the should her corner throw the towel in? And I agreed with him. You know, you not yet. It was too early. Yeah. She seemed out of. She's being outclassed, but you never know what's going to happen. Fifth round came. He changed his tune and said, "You know, yeah, someone should step in and call this fight." But in a way, I disagreed because she was still coherent. It wasn't like she was. Rory McDonald and um, Robbie Lawler, the, the one of the greatest fights ever. You know, looking that way and looking out of it. All it takes is one punch. And, I mean, it would have been a hell of an upset because the one thing that the commentators brought up was someone uh, bet a million dollars on Amanda Nunez to win $160,000. That's how big of a favorite Amanda Nunez was. So, Amanda Nunez wins. What's next for her? I mean, really, there's only two fights. Or uh, maybe two fights. Definitely one. And I, I think that she should fight Shevanko. Maybe if Weili Zhang and Amanda Nunez can make wait for a fight there, a super fight. I, I think that would be a, a fun one. But there's just no one for Manny Nunez. Where does she go? You know, and so I, I will be interested to see who her next opponent, opponent is. But uh, some other news, they finally announced and I'm doing air quotes, Fight Island. It's going to be over in Odabi, Obidabi, or whatever, however you pronounce it. It's not an island. You know, when you say we purchased an island, you go get an island. You don't go and build a arena where you had a fight just earlier. I think it was earlier this year, late last year. And it was ungodly hot, no air, this and that, the other thing. I mean, you just, I don't know. I, You know, the excitement was there, and now it's not. But 
as far as the card, July 11th is going to be uh, Max Holloway versus the champion for the rematch. Uh, Daniel Cromier versus D, uh, Siepe for the trilogy fight. And this should be Cromier's last fight because he's been talking about retirement. And I forget the other two, uh, two fights as well. But so I did allude to it earlier that there is more drama in the UFC. Jorge Masvidal, Conor McGregor, John Jones. Well, mine is Conor McGregor. Jorge and John Jones want a pay raise. Conor just retired because supposedly they, there's no more excitement in the division season. I believe to use that uh, excuse last time to retire too. Anyways, I don't believe Connor's retired. Let's start with John Jones here, though. So after his last fight, him and Francis Nagano kind of started to get a little uh, trash talking going. And it kind of snowballed into they both agreed on Twitter that they want to fight each other. UFC get it done. Well, John Jones and Dana White started to have a little, uh, little bitch fight between each other. Um, supposedly, John Jones asked for a certain amount of money, according to Dana White. John Jones said, I didn't even ask for half of what Deontay Wilder gets. But I should get paid to move up to heavyweight. Dana White's counter to that was basically, how can you ask for money in a a time like this with no fans coming in, a pandemic, this and that? Both guys are in the wrong. First off, let's just play this out like, Pandemic didn't happen. Fans are in the stadium. Dana White would still not pay John Jones what he wants because it's Dana White. And that's wrong. You want him, you've wanted him for a couple years to move up to heavyweight. Now that he he's ready to move up to heavyweight because he's ran through the division twice. Nah, nah, I don't we don't want to pay him. Now, depending on what the number is. I mean, if he's asking for Deontay Wilder, $30 million a year, not worth it. But if he's asking for half that, 15, and you want to do a super fight against Francis Nagano, I think that would be a hell of a fight. And just off the pay-per-view buys, you would pay back what you're going to give John Jones. John Jones, I believe, is in the wrong because just like Dan White did say, you're in the pandemic. There's no fans in the, in the, the seats. You're basing everything off of pay-per-view buys. You know, he just mistimed everything between trying to get this fight to materialize and asking for a raise. Do I think John Jones deserves a raise, period? If he moves up to heavyweight, yes. He, he should get a bump somehow some way and you know Dana White coming out saying oh we're going to lose 100 million dollars this year yeah but you're still making more than that you know 
some of these fighters don't even deserve to be in UFC anymore. You know, say like uh, that one guy that does all the backflips off the cage. Like, yeah, he's excited, but he's not no. He's never going to be a, a title winner. You know, um, some of these guys that got popped for PEDs. I mean, rules are rules. One time, okay, everybody messes up. I understand it. Second time, no. You should have learned your lesson the first time around. Now, Jorge Masvidal wants to get paid as well. Supposedly, according to Dana White, he just signed a eight-fight contract before his last fight, so he has seven fights left on his contract. If that's true. And I like Jorge Masvidal, I really do. He should negotiate it better. Um, he, you know, on Twitter, asked for his release. Uh, Dana White responded with, you know, basically along the lines of um, revenue shares. And this is kind of why I like Corey Masvidal. He doesn't take shit and he, he spits out truth. He came out and said, we're not like any other athletes like NFL, NBA, MLB. Because those leagues are 50% of the revenue. Most of these fighters negotiate between 12 to 18% of the revenue. And on top of that, Master All said, you're not paying concession stand people because there's no fans there. So you're not selling hot dogs and hamburgers and all that other stuff. Now, I did find it curious and funny that when he did say, you know, UFC released me, bare knuckle swooped right in and did a little googly eyes. I wouldn't mind seeing him go to bare knuckle. Because here's the thing with bare knuckle is they're, they're still, I think they're still trying to find that right young person to help build around the company. They had Beck Rollins um, to help usher it in. She moved on to Bellator, won her last fight. So she may be sticking around Bellator a little bit longer. Johnny Bedford, I like him. I think he's one young guy you could build around, but that's only one weight class. I believe Jorge Masvidal would be a little too big for Bedford to fight in. And let's not forget, Jorge Masvidal started fighting in the backyards like Kimbo Slice. So that would be right up his, his alleyway. Now, which side would I take here? Dana White or Jorge Masvidal? Well, as much as I don't like Dana White, I got to take his side. Jorge just signed a eight-fight contract at, uh, right before his last fight. Sorry. Should have negotiated better. Very simple. Then we have Mr. Conor McGregor. Like I said, I don't believe he's retired. But right after Amanda Nunez, and he's always one to try to steal the, the light from a person. And right after Amanda Nunez was the first fighter to ever defend two titles simultaneously. 
in two different weight classes. Connor comes out, says, it's been a fun ride. I'm retiring. And he was quoted to saying, I, I believe, with Ariel Halani, game just does not excite me, and that's that. All this waiting around, there's nothing happening. I'm going to, I'm going through opponent options, and there's nothing really there at the minute. There's nothing that's exciting me. Well, you don't deserve Habib. I still think you need one more fight to show against a, a good fighter too. Not, you know, I love Cowboy, but I think Cowboy's older now. And I don't believe that was a, a good enough fight to put you in a title contention. I think that was a good warm-up fight, if you want to call it that. Fight like Dustin Poirier. Or even doing our Nate Diaz, because let's be honest, you know, you lost the first one and you barely won the second one. But both fights were very entertaining. So, I don't think you're. I, I think you'll see Connor come out of retirement after September, because that's when Habib and Gaethje uh, fights for the belt. And I think you'll see him fight that winner, which I don't think it would be right. I think he need he needs to show one more fight that he could win against a good opponent. So I think that's going to be it, guys. Uh, head over to Twitter. Follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. As well as our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm going to try to do these uh, Podbean live streams every week. Just got to download the Podbean app. And you can interact with me through the chat as you listen. So, till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo. Signing out.